Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck, recapping NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. We will go around college hoops locally here. Richmond's on fire. VCU, two straight road wins. UVA and Virginia Tech play tomorrow. So we'll talk college hoops on University Drive coming up later on the show today. But right now, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. What do you want to hear from your new GM, Adam Peters, in his introductory press conference today at 2 p.m.? That's the question of the day on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. So I need to say once again, I mean, it is so refreshing, so refreshing to see Washington, you know, circle one or two or three candidates and get their top choice. This has not happened my entire lifetime. I've been a Commanders fan since birth. Love this team. More than any other team. I mean, football is so much fun to watch. The skins, nothing gets me you know, juiced up, fired up like watching the skins play on Sunday. And for years, we had no choice, basically. It was, hey, who did Dan Snyder want, right? Who did the yes men in Dan Snyder's room in his office say that they want, right? I mean, this is the first time here that Washington is going to get an actual general manager that will have the final say on football ops since Charlie Casserly, who was the Skins GM until August of 1999. And that was it. Since 1999, it was Vinny Serrato. It was Bruce Allen. It was Scott McLuhan. They didn't even have the final say. You know who had the final say? The top dog. The wicked witch, Dan Snyder. Now that he's gone, we can actually put together a team of people here that can discuss and then come to a conclusion here. And this is what football teams have been doing in the NFL for almost 30 years now. Like, it's, that's just so wild to me. So Adam Peters is going to come in and be the executive here, the general manager. He'll have the final say in football operations. He'll have plenty of guys in his room, in his corner, that can help him decide, hey, do we like this guy? Do we want to draft this guy? How about this free agent? How about these head coaches? And then they're going to, like, we finally have an order of operations. And that's just, you know, mind-blowing to me because it didn't seem like that was ever possible, right? I mean, kind of came out of nowhere, Dan Snyder selling the team. For years, I kept saying, no way, no way. You know, it was like the Dan Snyder, uh, you know, email release where he said in all caps, never, we're never going to change the name. Well, Turns out he was forced to change the name. And then they changed it again. And then they changed it a third time, and finally he's walking out the door, and in comes Josh Harris, who I believe will eventually change the name once again. But his first hire was Adam Peters, and Adam Peters will make his introductory press conference, and we will air it today at 2 p.m. right here on 910 The Fan. But I mentioned a bit of a Twitter fight going on between a Washington player and a former Washington coach and it is between Robert Griffin III and former commanders coach Jay Gruden. Stubb you took a look at this on Twitter are you team Jay or are you team Robert Griffin III here? I'm going to be team Jay here 
I think he just made yeah. So like let a, me give yeah yeah go ahead. Let me let me give my opinion on, on both guys. All right, I, Jay Gruden. I I've always said all right. I'm not changing my mind on this. I've always said if Jay Gruden could have hired a decent defensive coordinator, he would still be in here in Washington. Ron Rivera agreed. He said, hey, he didn't say it like that. He said if Alex Smith never got hurt, Jay Gruden would still be here in Washington because it's just so hard to win when you're constantly looking for your quarterback. Jay went through RG3 to Kirk Cousins to Colt McCoy, uh, you know, to other guys in the mix there uh, during the season where it all, you know, went to crap, including um, the late Dwayne Haskins, and Jay would eventually lose his job there. Uh, the thing is, though, is that the offense was always humming with Jay. No matter who was the quarterback, I always said to my friends, when Jay Gruden called a play-action pass, there was always someone wide open. It was Pierre Garçon, or it was Deshaun Jackson, or it was Jordan Reed. You know, Jay Gruden's offense, he is a good offensive mind. Problem is, he's not a good leader of men. And, uh, you know, that was put on display the season he was fired when he was photographed sitting outside of a bar at 2 a.m. smoking a cigarette and hitting on a 21-year-old chick. You don't want your head coach here in Washington doing that. So love Jay Gruden as a play caller, as an offensive mind. Don't think he's a leader of men, deserve to be fired here in Washington. Then there's Robert Griffin III, RG3, better known as RG Me. It's all about me, myself, and the three eyes that I have in my name, Robert Griffin, the one, two, three, the third. I mean, it's just so frustrating. This guy is so into himself. He's so darn cocky. Stub, he went on national television and he raced a bird. Did anybody want to watch that? It's like they shoved it down our throats and then they wanted a rematch. Nobody was ever calling for the rematch unless you're Robert Griffin the third or one of his kids. Nobody else cared about that. And so he's just he's this keyboard warrior and this isn't a real fight. Nobody's actually fighting it, you know, in person. They're all being keyboard warriors and RG3 is one of the best of those. And so here's what happened. Jay Gruden said he was watching the Eagles game last night. He was tweeting. Everybody loves to live tweet while they're watching an NFL game and they've had a few pops, a few adult beverages and Jay said if I ever put a quarterback through what Philly is putting Jalen through, I apologize. Pick up a blitz. With an exclamation mark. Robert Griffin III decides to make it all about him. Quotes a picture of him eyes wide open and says, say what? Now, if you win any of the comments, everybody says the same thing. Robert, is your are you going through CT? Are you okay? In 2012 when you got hurt, Jay Gruden wasn't the coach. It was Mike Shanahan. Shanahan destroyed your career. What are you coming at Gruden for here? Because he benched you for Kirk Cousins when your knee was out of place and you couldn't even throw the ball um, when you tried to make a comeback? You know, it doesn't make any sense. You also did not protect yourself, Robert, by trying to rush back from injury. Yeah, we all remember remember all-in for week one uh, when you shouldn't have been in all-in for even any point of that season because you just weren't healthy. You weren't the same. Uh, Gruden would then respond, Robert, you weren't prepared. <laughs> and I, I love that response there uh, from Jay Gruden because I, I felt the same way. You we're not prepared, Robert. So keep talking all that smack. You are wrong. You were never right. Well, Robert would respond once again and said, you told me you didn't know how to coach a quarterback who could throw and run like me. So it looks like you weren't prepared, Jay. Now, that's 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 a decent comeback there. Uh, but then if he has his wife chime in in the comments, let him know, baby. And that's when Robert lost everything for me. Your wife's fighting your fights for you? No thanks. Jay Gruden, one more right hook. You are right. 
we didn't have a good enough staff. Sorry. Hope all is well with you. So Jay decides, hey, you know what? I'm going to drop it. I don't need to be fighting with Robert Griffin III. In comes 106.7, the fan radio host, personality, and former commander Brian Mitchell III. Must have been must have been in, uh, hanging out, enjoying those playoff games. B-Mitch chimes in, are you serious? Dude, please just effing disappear. Now that is a major shot there by Brian Mitchell. I get it. He might not have been a fan of Jay Gruden as a coach here in Washington, but why are you chiming in here? He was not talking to you at all. He was talking to Robert, and he was talking to fans in Philly watching Jalen Hurts get hurt, uh, basically get beat up left and right. But Jay Gruden, my goodness, here, with off, the, off the top of the ropes to Brian Mitchell. You are a punter. You are a punt returner. Be quiet. <laughs> Brian wasn't done with it. He says, I was way better at all of my jobs than you were at any of yours. You are a joke. Gruden once again to Brian Mitchell. You have criticized every coach that has ever coached in D.C. Why don't you coach? The punt return team would be sick. And that's where we leave it with that response coming in this morning at 9 a.m. Gruden's Twitter is hilarious. Give it a follow, at Coach underscore Jay Gruden. His most recent uh, tweet is a picture, is a gif of anchorman, red legend Ron Burgundy, drinking a beer saying, boy, that escalated quickly. It got out of hand, Stub, pretty quickly there. I mean, wow. Yeah. Bunch of keyboard warriors talking smack. He made a he made a funny tweet, kind of dissing the Eagles, and everyone in Washington decided to make it about themselves. It sounded like. Yeah, I mean, look, people have an issue with Jay Gruden. I personally do not. The only issue I have with Coach Jay Gruden is I was supposed to have him on the show several times, and he canceled because he had to go golfing. Well, what's an ex NFL coach supposed to do with all his money? I, I assume most of them wasted golfing. Ron Rivera's probably on the golf course today, so uh, I don't really care about that. Uh, Jay Gruden blowing me off to go golf. He's fun on Twitter, uh, especially uh, with giving out picks. He's hot, and, and uh, he's still plugged into the NFL. Um, Brian Mitchell is a punt returner. <laughs> what else do you want me to say, B. Mitch? You, you're, you should be a Hall of Famer. You were one of the greatest punt returners of all time. You were still a punt returner, though. That's what Jay said. You know, so I don't really understand B-Mitch kind of getting into his feelings there. Um, he's also doing a live radio show right now <laughs> on 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. Man, would it be fun to have Gruden and B-Mitch go at each other on air. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, one of the greatest centers to ever play in the National Football League and great podcast host as well, Jason Kelsey told his teammates Monday night after the Eagles lost to the Bucks that he is retiring. Kelsey, 36 years old, was very emotional at the end of the Eagles' 32-9 loss in the wild crawler round of the playoffs to the Bucks, And he declined talking with reporters, saying, no, guys, not today. And then reports came out that Kelsey, who's enter- who was in year 13 of his career after being a sixth-round draft pick in 2011, will call it quits. 
Jalen Hurts said he's a legend in the city, really, in the league. Uh, I, I totally agree. Like, Jason Kelsey's kind of like the butt of the joke now because his brother's the biggest superstar in the NFL and his brother's dating Taylor Swift, you know, and everybody's talking about their podcast. But, you know, I give Kelsey a lot of credit for the tush push. I give Kelsey a lot of credit for how good the Eagles offensive line was last year when they made it to the Super Bowl. And and think about how good that offensive line has been since he came into the league. So uh, one of the greatest centers of all time retiring today has to be the lead story as we go around the NFL here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on AWOD Radio. Anything you want to say about Kelsey, Jason Kelsey Stubb? Are you a fan? I, I am a fan. You know, I, I think I mentioned I played center in elementary school, so it's nice to see <laughs> you know a center get so much attention uh, as he's getting. And yeah, like he made the tush push happen. I don't think they're going to be able to do it next right. year to the same uh, level right. of success. Yeah, I mean, I just don't remember in my lifetime a, a center that got this much run uh, besides Jeff Saturday, and the reason that he got so much runs because he was, you know, winning titles and winning a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning there with the Colts. Uh, it wasn't very successful as a head coach, much better as an NFL analyst. But, of course, if you've been listening to the show, Stubb owes me $2.50 because he did not believe in the Buffalo Bills. Why didn't you believe in the Bills? I told you that this was their year, their window of opportunity in the playoffs. What was it about this Bills team that you had no faith in? I think that they just threw too many games at the last second. And I thought they were going to throw their playoff chance at the last second. I thought it was just going to follow like that. No, it's a good point. This year they did have a lot of close losses. You should have known the Bills were going to be good by the way they blew out the Commanders 37-3. Even though a lot of teams blew out the Commanders uh, this year. So because Stubb owed me... Yeah, so because Stubb owed me $2.50, we let him do double or nothing on the super-duper NFL playoff draft. And... Of course, with the number one pick, I took the 49ers. Stubb with picks two and three. Uh, I believe you took Ravens. I took Ravens one. Yeah, and then you took Niners With two and three, I took Niners Chiefs. So here's where we're at, all right? I took the Pittsburgh Steelers. Give me a dong. They are eliminated. I also Mm. took the Green Bay Packers. Still alive. Stubb has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Still alive. Stubb has the Los Angeles Rams eliminated. Stubb has the Houston Texans staying alive, staying alive. Stubb has the Cleveland Browns eliminated. Stubb has the Detroit Lions still alive. I took the Miami Dolphins eliminated. I took the Philadelphia Eagles eliminated. I took the Chiefs still alive. Stubb had the Cowboys gone. I took the Bills. Stubb took the Ravens, and I took the Niners. So here we are after Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm still alive with my top pick, the 49ers, the Bills, the Chiefs, and my last pick, the Green Bay Packers. Stubb is still alive with the Ravens, with the Lions, with the Texans, and the Bucks. I like my chances a lot more yeah, than yours, Stubb. Well, this week doesn't matter. Right, because the the four teams we both have are playing each other. So going into the final four, (laughs) we're both going to have two teams, which is a funny way that this has ended up. 
Yep. All right, so we did put together a list, though, here of the biggest disappointments of the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. Stub, who you got? So I decided to view this from a disappointment for the fan base's point of view, not for myself. Okay. Uh, this would have been a different list if it was for myself. <laughs> and for number one, yeah. I'm going to put the Cowboys. They did it again. They made it look like they were good, and they lost round one of the playoffs. I have a Cowboys uh, fan. Uh, it was one of my friends. Uh, he is He is heated. And uh, yeah. I think he's just about ready to give up on everyone in that team. I, I would agree. Uh, the most disappointing loss of the weekend. I mean, look, they were at home. <laughs> yeah, They were at home. They were 8-0 at home. Uh, they were healthy. I, I just don't see what happened here uh, besides the Dak Prescott just had a terrible game, took four sacks, threw two interceptions. Uh, one was a pick six. It was ugly. He basically threw it right to the linebacker without looking at him. They were able to run the ball for 123 yards on the ground. They scored 32 points. Oh, yeah, their defense didn't get a stop ever. Um, so yeah. that was part of the issue and as a well. Of, uh, a lot of those yeah. points were the end of the game when the Packers had rested yeah. everyone. It's kind of like free points yeah. for them. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of 42 to 48 to 16 yeah. <laughs> um, for most of that fourth quarter. And, you know, as good as the Packers looked, I, I do feel like the Cowboys lost that game more than the Packers won it. I agree. Right? Yeah. I mean, just Dak thrown right to the opposing team. Uh, how about the other interception he had? It was such a great play by Jair Alexander. We didn't even know if Alexander was going to be able to play. He plays and made a huge play for the Pack. And, um, yeah, great win for the Packers. Most disappointing loss of the weekend. Totally agree. It's the boys. All right. Number two. I'm going to give it, uh, this is kind of more of a reflection of the last couple games of the season, but the Dolphins at number two. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of interest in them, a lot of heat, looked like they could win, and now they have the biggest streak of not having a playoff win now that the Lions have won and they have lost. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Is this my second most disappointing loss? I mean, just the, the fact that I called this my certified game of the week and the Dolphins didn't show up. And the Dolphins couldn't score any points. I get it. You know, the conditions were not good. It was cold. It was rainy. It was snowing. It, you know, Patrick Mahomes still scored 26 points. You know, Rice still had 130 yards through the air. Uh, I just, you know, I, I put this, and I, here's the thing. I also put this loss a lot more on Tua than on Mike McDaniel, the head coach. Um, I thought the play calls were really decent, right? Like, you know, in this kind of weather condition, you're going to need to throw some screen passes and some easy completions. Well, Tua was 20 of 39, basically 50% with his passing, and they were not hard passes. He just couldn't complete them. His little tiny Tua fingers couldn't grip the football. That's what it was. He got Tua, Tua, Tua. His hands are two sizes Tua small. Yeah, right? it was it was a hard one to watch. It just kind of looked yeah. like they were beating up. And with the, the ground looking like it was rock-solid cement that these guys were landing on, it just yeah. you had to feel bad. All right, number yeah, three. Good for the Chiefs. I, I, I saw this coming a mile away with the Eagles losing to the Buccaneers. But, man, they, they look like a bottom five team in the NFL out there. Couldn't make yeah, a tackle I mean, to save their lives. Yeah, I mean, how about the fact that you know Jalen Hurts' finger was a bigger deal than I realized. Like, yeah, that's what I just, said. It, it, right? It didn't look like he should have been playing. Like, playing is simple. Uh, defensively, they had a ton of issues. Guys were getting open all over the place. Uh, and you knew it was going bad for the Eagles. When they failed the tush push. The yeah. one play that they did successfully all season long, they couldn't even do that one. 
Yeah, and like Dar- disappointing. The Buccaneers' offense did not look good. Uh, there was more drops than a Chiefs game, and and they still managed to put up thirty five points. All oh right. yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield three hundred and thirty seven yards. Let's stay. Let's save the other three teams right. here as we go around the most disappointing teams of Super Wild Card Weekend. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. We'll run around local sports with Lane Casadante coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Your home for Who's Talking Mondays here on 910 The Fan with Frank Maloney and Jim Hobgood talking all things UVA athletics. Two L's in a row. Tough losses for the UVA basketball team. Tony Bennett's going to have to have his boys bounce back and hopefully the friendly confines of John Paul Jones Arena and a matchup against Virginia Tech can help them out. That's going to be a good game. That's tomorrow at 7 p.m. Joining us right now, on the Hadid Mercer Road Cleaning Hotline, as he does every Tuesday at 1.30 to run around local sports in Richmond, Virginia. At CBS 6's Lane Casadante. What's going on, Lane? Good afternoon, Adam, and props to you and your producers for braving the elements to actually get in and do a live show today. Oh, no, you won't be doing a live show today from the studios? No, no, no. Props to you and your producer for doing oh. it. Oh, no, I'm there, <laughs> okay. I'm there every okay. night. That's what I was going to say. I mean, you you go through a tornado, a hurricane, uh, nothing takes Lane Casadante off the air. Uh, but what is the lead story in your sports world today? Well, we get to hear from uh, the new command, uh, the new commander's general manager. Um, that's going to be interesting. He's going to get asked a lot of things that he can't answer today, which is, the, uh, is part for the course for anybody that takes over a new job. They're going to ask him about, hiring a coach. They're going to ask him who's going to stay. They're going to ask him who's going to go, and he's not going to have any answers. Today uh, is going to be uh, you know, a, a, a broad-based kind of overview of how he uh, interprets the job and how he looks at what needs to be done in Washington and where he might start. Uh, they got to get a coach. That's you know, not to say that they're going to put that on the back burner because they need somebody there before uh, the league year begins, and they start to evaluate draft talent uh, coming up later in late February and March. But uh, today is going to be kind of his vision of where he thinks he can take this uh, this franchise. Yeah, I mean that yeah, that's right, right there. Like I'm excited to hear his vision, his plan, his game plan for this organization. But you're right; he's going to answer a lot of questions or be asked a lot of questions that he really can't answer. But you know, so much of the NFL now is about relationships. I am really interested to to hear how he speaks. You know, how he handles the questions from the media because we know it, it can be hard to answer questions with the DC media. Uh, with any media, just look at what Mike Tomlin did last night, uh, which I think was kind of a juvenile move on his part. He knew that question was coming. All coaches do, especially ones that have been around the league as long as he has. And to just walk away like that is, um, I, I think, it's immature and it's disrespectful to the assembled press that covers that team, you know, good and bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, you're right. You can't win the Super Bowl today, but you can absolutely lose it. 
on the first day if you don't deliver a message that resonates with the fan base, with a fan base that is now, you know, incredibly much, I wouldn't say incredibly, I would say uh, uh, significantly more optimistic than they've had reason to have been in a couple of years. So you don't want to step on that and you don't want to derail that um, by saying the wrong thing or by saying the truth for that matter. Um, So it will be interesting to see how he kind of taps into uh, that um, optimism and enthusiasm that was somewhat generated at the beginning of this season that comes along with finally getting rid of an owner like Daniel Snyder. And you can hear the new GM, Adam Peters, speak right here on 910. The fan will hear the air the introductory press conference at 2 p.m. Lane Casadante from CBS 6 locally here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Big-time college hoops matchup tomorrow in the state of Virginia with the Hokies at UVA. UVA kind of struggling, while Virginia Tech playing some really good basketball with Sean Padula leading the way. Yeah, and they uh, they who was the they, I think they uh, they've dropped their last two though have the Hokies to Florida State and was it Miami? I'm trying to remember. They, no, what they, the, they 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 in between that game they had a, a good win against Clemson. Um, so yeah. lost to Miami by four, beat Clemson. That was a big win against Clemson, and that was the game where they scored 50 plus in the first half, and Padula couldn't miss a shot. Right, but seriously, how how big is this game for each team? I mean, how much of a hole is the loser in just in terms of the ACC standings and in terms of momentum? Um, This arguably, you know, just putting the records aside, this is arguably one of the most important games in this series in the last couple of years just because of what it means more to the team that loses rather than the team that wins tomorrow night. Yeah. I think the team that loses drops to 10th place in the ACC. I mean, that just shows you how much is on the line. It's going to be a really good matchup. I'm looking forward to it. And, of course, you can hear it right here on 910 The Fan. In the A-10, 3-0, Richmond Spiders. <laughs> Lane, you know I don't talk about the Spiders much on this program, but, man, have they been impressive in A-10 play. And it's not only not only is it impressive that they've started three and zero, but Chris Mooney is in the same boat that Ryan Odom is in, that coaches across the country are in, in that he's got pretty much a brand new roster. And he was asked about this after uh, after the game Saturday night. They went out and identified the kids that they really thought were the best of what might have been available in the transfer portal and the best that would fit into, you know, being a student-athlete at Richmond, which is different than other schools, playing for Mooney, who has kind of altered his style to kind of fit the kids that he has on any given year. So I'm I'm impressed just because of any coach that can kind of take all that mess and mold it together that quickly and be as successful as they've been. Jordan King has been a revelation. Um, Just to watch him play the other night, against George Mason, he could not miss. Um, and, and I asked him after the game, I said, for those of us who will never know what it's like to be in a zone like that, what's it like? And they can't describe it. They just, everything you put up, you think is going to go in. Um, and even, and I, I had a chance to ask Ryan Odom this morning about the, you know, miraculous speech that he must have given his team after the loss to George Washington because they have come out and just been a little bit different team in the last two games with the defensive effort they had against George Mason and then winning on the road at LaSalle. 
um, their fortunes have seemingly flipped and done a 180 just in the last week. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's so much more difficult to be a coach in college basketball now than it was even five years ago. Uh, and I give yeah. anybody that can, that can win on a semi-consistent basis a boatload of credit for being able to navigate the way this, this sport now operates because none of them grew up in this. Oh, oh, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And, and Richmond will have an interesting test tonight at Duquesne. They're 0-3 in the A-10, uh, but they were picked to finish in the top half. They do have former Ram uh, Jimmy Clark III on the Duquesne Dukes roster. But, uh, you know, mentioning the Spiders, they're 3-0 start, 11-5 and uh, here on the season. I just... I give so much credit to Coach Mooney. He's an excellent coach. I've admired him, you know, going back to my time when I was at VCU as a student and we had to play against Richmond twice a year. He just is so good at X's and O's, and and his team can win defensive battles or they can win shootouts like they did against Mason the other night. Uh, You know, in this landscape of college basketball, you've got a guy like that as your coach. It feels like any year your team has a chance, and we know he had that health scare last year, so it's so glad – I'm so glad to see him on the sidelines and having success here in Richmond. And he's also had to alter the way he approaches both offense and defense a little bit because, admittedly, you know, to learn his system takes more than just a couple of weeks in the summer of getting ready for it. He, his teams always have thrived when he's had kids for two and three seasons. I don't think we're ever going to see that again um, in terms of a core of group of players that sticks with one program for that long, all the way from freshmen even to being juniors. So, uh, and credit to him for adapting to the talent that he has right now. He still has his principles, and I don't think he's ever going to completely put them aside, but uh, he's also changed a little bit the way that he does things to fit the available talent that he has on this roster because, you know what, next year it could could look completely different again. Lane, always appreciate you taking the time to join the show. I got to put you on the spot here before I let you go because I'm I'm confused about this, and and everybody seems to always ask me what's the latest with the diamond. What's the latest with the diamond? Well, I read an article: Richmond adjusting the plan for the ballpark, and now not going to be counting on the VCU twenty-five million. Can you explain this situation to me with Sportsbacker Stadium? Well, what's happened is the city was going to, but the state owns the land that Sportsbacker Stadium sits on because that's why VCU plays there. The city was going to buy that from basically VCU and the state in order to make it part of the Diamond District project. Well, the, the, the cost of the entire Diamond District project has just gone up because, you know, interest rates have jumped exponentially right. in just the last 18 months. And that affects the cost of doing business and the cost of effective, you know, materials and everything. So now the city is kind of having to scale back. The, the baseball stadium is the immediate priority because they're under a deadline with Major League Baseball, and they do not want to lose the squirrels. Major League Baseball doesn't want to lose this market either. But, you know, they can't keep pushing a deadline back and back and back or else it'll never be met. So what they have to do now is, unfortunately, they have to back off of their commitment to buying Sportsbacker Stadium, and that is going to leave VCU in a bit of a lurch because they were counting on that money to help jumpstart their athletic village that was going to be across Hermitage Road. So hopefully this is just a pause 
and it's not a sign of, you know, uh, bigger problems to come. And, you know, we're all hoping as consumers and as Americans, we're hoping that interest rates come down so that inflation comes down and we get back to a more manageable uh, way of living. Uh, But until then, you know, prices are what they are and money is what it is. And there's only so much to go around right now. And they're having to make some hard choices in order to get this ballpark finished. Uh, by the deadline that's been imposed by Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, Lane, it, it doesn't take someone you know who's lived here 40 years to realize it does feel like a sign of bad things to come because they've just botched this situation left or right. And, you know, you anytime you're in the city, you can look at the Coliseum as a reason why, hey, they're probably going to screw this up. Well, and yeah, and you know what? That's, it, the city does not have a great track record with this. You're absolutely right. In this one, you can kind of understand that there are several outside factors that are kind of contributing to this. Hopefully those ease off and they are able to move forward. It's just not going to happen with the expediency that we were all hoping for. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping that we see shovels in the ground sometime soon. Uh, and they get, you know, because then you'll know that they've really started real progress. And it's going to take a little longer than they originally thought. Uh, but hopefully we can uh, we can see it all get done within a certain amount of time. Lane, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Adam, thanks for having me. Have a great week. Yep, that is the sports director at WTVR here locally, CBS 6, Lane Casadante. Follow him on social media at Lane C TV Sports. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Nonstop Commanders coverage right here on 910 The Fan with the Junkies from 6 to 10 a.m. Michael Phelps from 10 to noon. He's live in Ashburn um, 12 to 3 before we hand it off to Grant and Danny in Washington, D.C. And in Ashburn today in just about... 12 minutes, Adam Peters signed a five-year deal to be the commander's next GM. He will have his introductory press conference, and we will air that right here on the fan. But right now we wanted to get to the biggest story of the sports weekend, which was, to me, 23 million people checking out the NFL playoffs on Peacock. We made all the Peacock jokes in the world last week. It ends today. All right, it ends today, Stub. I vowed to never talk about my Overly large peacock ever again on this radio. All right, promise you that. I appreciate. Uh, but that. here's my take. All right, I think it was fine. Like it, I think it went fine. It was okay. It wasn't great. You know, I will say for me, I didn't have many major delays. You know, you know, frames per second issues. You know, the the volume seemed to be linked up with the or synced up with the lips. Um, you know, I had no problems with watching it on Peacock. Did you have any issues? Uh, I watched it at uh, District Five, so like a bar setup. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have, I yeah. couldn't really judge the audio because it was coming through the speakers of the bar, kind of, yeah. kind of not that loud. But it, it didn't pause. So you got to give them that. Yeah. No, I had, I had friends over for the game. You know, because I was telling every bragging about the the sarge, uh, you know, the size of my Peacock, uh, my bundle subscription service. Do not have Premium Plus, which means we did have to watch the commercials. Uh, but I had friends over, and I will say. Peacock and the NFL completely duped me. They duped me. Stubb, I'm watching that game. I convinced all my friends, because it was not a good game, that after the game we were going to stay in, order pizza, drink some beer, and watch Oppenheimer, because they were promoting it nonstop. 
you know, Oppenheimer this, Oppenheimer that. Peacock's the home of the Oppenheimer, the largest peacock with the largest bomb known to man, right? Turns out it's not available on Peacock until late February. I was duped, super duped, on Super Wild Card Weekend because all they did was promote Oppenheimer with then a tiny disclaimer at the bottom that said, oh, yeah, you have to wait another month and a week. I think Tilted you got me, saved man. there. I don't think that that was going to be the environment or, like, time commitment that that group was going to want. <laughs> yeah, a a three-and-a-half-hour right? serious movie. Like <laughs> starting, starting at 11, at 11 p.m. Yeah, no, you don't want that. <laughs> I think you got saved by Peacock there. But but we were hyped because we were like, yeah, yeah, this game's going to end, and then we're going to throw on Oppenheimer. <laughs> nope. And that game was so bad that I was actually turning to my friends and saying, can we get more Taylor Swift? I want more Taylor Swift on TV because the game was just awful. <laughs> the the chunk out of out of uh, Mahomes' helmet there that was the highlight of the yeah. like whoa yeah. that was probably the yeah. highlight of the night. Whoa, <laughs> that Those guy almost can't died. Be safe, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is that thing protecting his brain and yet it's just gonna well, you know, chip off? They're made like to that. shatter. That's how it reduces impact, that they're yeah. made to kind of fold all right. in. If it stays, yeah, you seem kind of like a concussion, uh, concussion <laughs> guy. All right, all right. <laughs> Just like that's what uh, it is. Yeah, so the NFL and Peacock announced they were able to celebrate 23 million viewers for the frozen wildcard matchup between the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Uh, the streaming-only playoff game was, wasn't without controversy. It did shatter the previous streaming-only record, which was – the Cowboys Seahawks game, 15 million. Blew past that at 23 million. Uh, but a lot of people were upset. Comedian Bill Burr said, We're witnessing history. The first playoff game streamed for six bucks. A lot of people took to social media to say, Yeah, I'm going to be the first one to cancel my Peacock, <laughs> Peacock subscription here on a Monday holiday. Uh, but it is a milestone moment for media and sports hist- history and feels like that's the future, right? I mean, it kind of feels like we're going to be looking at the NFL having a paywall for playoff games in the future. Yeah, I mean, as less and less people have cable, I've never had cable in my life, and and most people have a lot of the streaming services, and it sucks, and it's going to be really hard for a lot of the diehard fans, but I would not be surprised if each station just puts it onto one streaming service. Yeah, I mean, I'm upset with that, right? Like, I I like my sports on cable. Uh, You know, I think that's the best way to watch it, and it's not just because I don't want to pay for you know, cable and or streaming services. It's yeah, that's the best connection to have. You know, no issue with your data or your graphics or your frames per second. Um, The thing is, though, is that the NFL had so much success. You know, they're going to replicate this model, right? They they (laughs) just would be stupid to have 23 million people watching it, and then. Uh, Nielsen data showed that at one point in the game, the peak was 27 million. For them to just say, "Yeah, you know what? We're just not going to do this ever again." Right? Yeah, I you're going to have you're going to have games on Peacock. You're going to have them on Hulu, and you're going to have them on Prime. And I think maybe even another one. I think that just kind of yeah. it's going to slowly take over. So here's the details that did come out. NBC paid 110 million for the right to move Saturday's game to Peacock, and of course that's a steep price there, but. What did they pay for? They paid for raising the awareness of their streaming service. And, you know, NBC is so big. You know, that's that's part of the issue. That's why I was making fun of Peacock all of last week and, you know, making, you know, dong jokes about it. It's because a lot of people have never even heard of Peacock 
or they hear it and they don't understand that it's connected to NBC. And I get it, the NBC's logo is a peacock, but they, they could have come up with NBC Plus, you know, yeah, or something better than Peacock, right? I mean, that's kind of why they had to spend $110 million, because nobody even heard of their streaming service before this. Yeah, like, I've always been aware of them, but never had any interest in getting the service, because I never see that a movie's on there. Like, I, I don't yeah. know what movies they have. I mean, it's just, you know, you have Disney Plus, you have Apple TV Plus, you have, uh, you know, all these different, you know, Paramount Plus. Peacock's just... It's probably the worst name of all the streaming services out there, right? Yeah. Max isn't great. Uh, I think HBO Max, Max is not was great. a better name, but right. But at least with Max, you understand that it's an off, you know, it's an off-brand of Max, or of HBO Max. Like it's the same thing. They just kind of changed the name a little bit. Yeah, I guess. Um, you know, I like. I, I think if you polled a hundred people here in Richmond, what is the logo for NBC? I don't think they would pull Peacock. They'd probably say, "Oh, isn't it that like colorful triangle-looking thing?" Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if if you pulled that before this weekend and after, how many more people are yeah. now aware? Which, hey, that's that's what they wanted. Yeah. So, I have not canceled my Peacock Peacock subscription. Um, I'm I'm going to hold on. They got me. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to pay for another month and then watch Oppenheimer. I'm I'm fired up to see Oppenheimer. I didn't go and see it in theaters. Want to see it at my home theater so I can you know pause it a hundred times uh, because it is the longest movie. Uh, but I'm excited for that. I will stay on Peacock for another month, Stub. I'll do it. I'm well, yeah. Committed. I mean, you got your soccer on there too, right? Yeah, there's a, a few soccer games on there. Um, it, it's not as money as I you know signed up for oh, you know, okay. initially. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. What have I been watching? I mean, I don't even really watch The Office anymore. I used to love The Office. Now I've seen every episode a hundred times. Did you see, though, Stubb? Uh, we might not have time for Netflix. We're actually closer to an Office reboot than we've ever been. <sighs> is my, is my response wild. to that? Not I excited. <laughs> no, wow. never, I, I will never be excited for a TV spinoff. Ever. <laughs> no, no, no. Not, not a spinoff. Bringing it back. Same cast no. and everything. Nope. Really? Not excited. Really? It won't be as give good. Me more, it won't even yeah, be close. Give me more no, Steve Carell. Yeah, he's great. Put him in a good movie. I don't want to see him do, do go back to this. It's not going to be written as well. It's going to be worse. I have no positive expectations. Did you for ever anything. check out his his next show that he did where he, it was like uh, s they were astronauts in oh, space yeah, or something? Space, space Marine, Space Force. Space Force or yeah, something? Yeah, it was bad. That, I watched that, like the first couple It was couple really minutes. bad. Yeah, it, I, I did yeah. not commit to that one. I couldn't even make it through a whole episode. Yeah, it was. I think I did the exact thing. I think I cut it halfway through. Yep. All right. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back.